You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons of UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strelko, joined by Adam Eaton. Welcome in to Sons of UCF Live. Adam, it's just the fourth day of the month, so I am going to wish you a happy new year. I know yeah. you don't like that too much for it lasting too long, but on the fourth, we're, we're clearly in the good. Yeah, you're, you're in the green space still. I just think there's got to be a cutoff point where happy new year no longer is a thing you say. If you send me an email and say, I hope this new year finds you well, that's a quick way to get yourself in the delete box. So we talked about this on Around the Kingdom. Um, what's your cutoff date then? End of this week. Uh, so by, by end of end of Friday, end of day Friday, you have to Work COB week, Friday, not even Sunday. You're no, not even <laughs> COB Friday to wish me a happy new year. Outside of that, it's just, hey, how you doing? Do you have the ability on your side of this to mute me? So if I begin next week's show with a happy new year, you could just... I have more power than you realize over here, Chris, but uh, <laughs> we will see. We will see. I know you do. I know you do. Well, um, happy boom year. Can I say that? I can say that, right? Uh, Knights. I mean, it's uh, a little cheesy, but go for it. Signing uh, safety to Sean Pace, a transfer from Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bearcats, the uh, AAA farm club of your UCF Knights, joining fellow Bearcats safety by uh, Brian Threats and uh, running back Miles Montgomery. Uh, rating Cincinnati, three guys in from the Bearcats. But the big boom, of course, of the week happening on New Year's Day, Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson committing. Uh, Eric Lopez and I talked about it on Around the Kingdom, but uh, you didn't have opportunity to weigh in on that. Uh, where are you? How do you feel about it? Yeah, listen, he fits the mold of what Gus Malzahn wants to do. He means a three-year starter at an SEC-level program. He's had some success at that level. He's He's been... In big games, he beat the uh, the Florida Gators in the Swamp, a place he'll be this year for UCF. So I like his experience. I like uh, you know some of the things he's done on the field. He had a rough 2023. I think a lot of people chalk that up to Dan Enos, who is his offensive coordinator, who ended up getting canned halfway through the season. But all the experts out there, and, and I don't pretend to be one, but those who do tell us that his style of offense is what Gus Malzahn is running and that that's a really good fit for him. Kendall Bryles was his previous OC before Dan Enos. He ran the same sort of uh, uh, system that that Gus runs with, you know, sort of read option. Um, so it feels like on paper, this is a good fit. Prototypical guy, 6'3", 247. I mean, you got to imagine that Gus is Gus likes that size and, you know, there's going to be a lot of Cam Newton comparisons. I think we have to pump the brakes on that, but and this, this fits all the molds that you would think Gus Malzahn needs. And so right now, I mean, you got to consider this to be a home run get for UCF. We'll see how it plays out on the field. But on paper, where well, they don't play the games, by the way, it looks like a home run for UCF. 
67 touchdowns against 18 interceptions, 21 more on the ground. Uh, spring camp, of course, a ways off just yet. Uh, no doubt Gus Malzahn will be asked at some point by someone uh, about open competition at quarterback, but uh, do you think there is much of one? I mean, logic would tell me no, right? Logic would tell me that, you know, you bring in a three-year starter, an SEC program, you, you probably didn't do that to, to ride the bench. Now, I guess there's some precedent. We saw Spencer Sanders go from Oklahoma State to the bench at Old Miss, but I think there was NAL involved in that. So your logic would tell you there's probably not a reason KJ would come here if he thought he didn't have a chance to, to win the job. So my assumption is he leads in the, to this thing as QB1, um, but... And it can happen, I guess, if somebody kind of comes out of nowhere and this EJ Colson is all of a sudden a, a game changer or Timmy McLean has a great offseason, I guess anything can happen. But I would be willing to bet a significant amount of money right now that uh, first snap of the year goes to KJ Jefferson, barring injury, of course. It seems that uh, the Timmy McLean camp, and there are a lot of proponents of Timmy, uh, that he may be getting the short end of this stick. It's hard to say. I mean, those are sports, right, Trace? Unfortunately, I mean, they're, they're always bringing in guys for competition. Uh, and so it's hard to say. I mean, certainly you, if you're Timmy McClain, you, you wanted a chance probably to prove this job. You had that opportunity a little bit last year. You have to wonder, did you do enough? Did you have enough time to learn the offense? Do you have enough time to really acclimate? So I certainly can understand why if you're Timmy McClain or in the, the Timmy McClain camp, you say, hey, give, give us a chance here. We're, we're pretty good. And he still may get that chance, but I mean, unfortunately that that's, that's sports, right? Every, every year someone's coming in that wants to take your job. Uh, and now Timmy has that chance with KJ, right? He has a chance to go in there and outwork him. And, and maybe there's a weird scenario where that takes place, but I can understand the, the, the sentiment, but I mean, I think if you're UCF, we needed depth in the quarterback room. We could not go into the season with just Timmy McClain and unproven Dylan risk and unproven Riley Trujillo and unproven EJ Colson and uh, Xavier Williams, who barely sniffed the field at all last year. I, I don't, I don't think you can go in with that quarterback room. So you needed somebody This gets pretty good. Uh, it, it may, it may be unfortunate for, uh, you know, for Timmy, but um, you know, best man wins the job, right? Well, let's contrast that with the just completed season. Uh, UCF quarterbacks, 24 touchdowns against 11 interceptions on the season. I asked on my poll question, uh, grade the quarterback position in 2023, uh, nearly 54% giving it a C, 42% uh, uh, nearly a B. You like to spring games on me, especially during Around the Kingdom. I'll spring one on you. Oh. A zero to 100. Hundreds excellent. Zeros loserville. How would you assess um, not only quarterbacks in 2023, but then what you see now uh, going into spring camp? I'm going to go with an 83 um, for last year. Um, 83. Look, I, think, I think there were some games where, you know, John Rice Pony specifically, you know, kept us in games and made some really big plays. You know, as much as we lost at Oklahoma game, I mean, he, he played probably one of his top two or three games at UCF in that in that contest. But then you saw some games where, you know, it just didn't look like it was clicking. I think Timmy took some time to adjust. So I, I can't give that thing a a full, um, I think 83 is like, what, a B minus, maybe a C in, in the, I, dude, when I was in college, 83 would have been great for me, by the way. Um, what, you know, can I ask you a question? I was talking to my nephews about this over the holidays. Yeah. When you were in elementary school, what was an A for you where you grew up? I want to say we were in like the 92 to 100 range was an A. See, we were 94 to 100 when wow. I was in school. And my nephews are like 90 to 100. Like 85 to 93 kids was these, a B. Kids these days, geez. 94 to 100. That's a strong, that's a strong A, Mike. 
comparison. I'm sorry. I digress. I don't know what I was what I was saying here. Uh, you asked about 2024. I, I can't really give it a grade yet, right? I mean, on paper, you, you think. Well, how confident are you in this room? You feel more confident than you would have a year ago with the arrival of you know, uh, you know, with with John Rice Plumley in the mix, Timmy McLean in the mix. How do you do? You feel more comfortable with this quarterback room? Well, I guess what you're really asking me is, do I think KJ Jefferson is a better quarterback than John Rice Plumley? And I, I guess my answer would say probably as a quarterback. Now, I think Plumley was a better athlete than KJ. I don't think he has the speed of Plumley, but he's also twice the size of Plumley. So that's got to count for something. So I'll go with probably feel better because I think the quarterback play from KJ is probably a little bit better than what JRP is. And only if, you know, for one one reason, JRP didn't play quarterback, as we've heard at, before he got here. And KJ has been, been lining up under center. So I'm going to go probably I feel better about it. Mm -hmm. It is interesting, on paper at least, it looks in this position group as if though UCF goes into the next season with an upgrade at the quarterback position. Certainly some talent. You look at him as a bridge uh, to 2025, some talent in the room. Uh, perhaps this is the answer that can lead to a really successful season for the night. Speaking of John Rice Plumley, uh, he's not done with the bounce house. He's back uh, in the Hula Bowl. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, on Saturday, January 13th, high noon kickoff. Good thing to go to before the men's basketball game uh, later on in the afternoon. Uh, John Rice Plumley, linebacker Jason Johnson, offensive lineman Tylen Grable, uh, defensive back to Corian Patterson, and defensive end Traymond Morris Brash, all a part of that game. The good folks at the Hula Bowl have uh, generous, been generous with us and given us tickets to give away to you. Uh, and how do we want to do that? Uh, drop us a, a dm either to you or to me uh, yeah listen every, if you're watching or, or listening you're you're a friend of the program and we appreciate you for that too so we're not gonna do some silly contest just send trace and i a dm if you if you want to go if you're able to go if you if you want some tickets uh send us a note again if you're listening you're a friend of ours and we want to hook you up with tickets so send us an, a dm let us know you're interested and uh, and we will do our best as to see if we can't get you some prime seats to a uh, what'll be a raucous hula bowl crowd <laughs> raucous. raucous that branding of that by the way the hula bowl uh for another season in orlando uh i, I don't know how they pull off that uh branding but uh dme at sign pez or the sons of ucf and uh, we can probably get you some tickets to that one i watched the uh live pregame show how'd you feel that went uh before uh what was uh, you know a less than interesting gasparilla bowl performance by ucf yeah, it was cool to have a bunch of different voices come in, people that we interact with from time to time. Kenny Morales uh, hopped in at the last minute. Andrew's on the show. Uh, I played a lot of point guard. I mean, I asked a lot of questions. I probably asked like 700 questions, but it was good to have the entire group together. UCF Mike made a cameo, Dolly there, Brian W. Peterson, uh, Andrew Glukoff live in the stadium, Miles live in the stadium, and uh, one of our newest friends, Clay Pasco live with his entire hair by the way which i think yeah. was really the remarkable thing in the entire show was clay hair had more hair than all of us combined do you think you can take his appearance maybe do a little slow-mo set it to some music it's but i'm not the jealous type but i gotta mm. tell you his hair yeah, we don't yeah we don't have a son's only uh, only fans yet trace but if we do <laughs> this may, that may be that may be how we started i don't know i just throw it out there for everybody uh, Clay's been a good addition, and and he's been talking to me. You know, wants to do something, wants to do a segment, and and he'd been on his own working on putting together some you know recaps of last season's games. You know, back on John Rice Plumley. You know, in that game, uh, home opener against Kent State, he was twenty two of thirty, two hundred eighty one yards, three touchdowns. You may remember two interceptions, had another uh, touchdown on the ground. 
Let's uh, debut Clay's Corner with a quick look back at the Knights' 56-6 win over Kent State. Welcome to another edition of Clay's Corner, where today we're going to do something a little bit different, and that is recap every game of the 2023 UCF season. Ever have trouble remembering the games? You know, it's been a long season. Can't really blame you if you do. Do you not have three hours to devote to go watch the entire game? I'm going to summarize UCF's entire game in about one and a half to two minutes. Let's get started. And to kick off our 2023 season home opener, we begin, of course, with Kent State. Of course, the game begins with JRP hurdling a DB. I mean, why did he do that? Then, of course, an absolute JRP bomb to Xavier Townsend. Scores a first touchdown of the season to go up seven. JRP rushes into the end zone thinking he's Money Manziel. Yeah, and actually, when JRP did this, he was looking in my direction. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm convinced that he, he looked at me. I don't know how that's relevant to any of this, but... Just want you guys to know that. Of course, Henshaw does what Henshaw does and sends Jordan McDonald and the Wildcat into another UCF touchdown. A huge interception by DeJordan Mask gives the ball back right to the offense. Then Storm down the field and JRP throws another touchdown to Alec Holler. Oh, beautiful. And of course, we can't forget about lights up, lights down. I mean, just look at this. It's beautiful. We get the ball back and JRP throws a 50-yard bomber to RJ Harvey. Being the dog he is yet again, RJ Harvey rushes for a 52-yard touchdown. The ball is handed off yet again to Mark Anthony Richards for another touchdown. Defense gets the ball back, and DeMarcus Bowman gets into the end zone for us. Oh, yeah, this was the space launch game. This is actually really cool to watch. Welcome to the Space U, baby. Again, thank you guys so much for having me, and go Knights, charge on. Uh, I, I enjoy his sense of humor. <laughs> I really do. I, I just wish I just wish I could. There's just yeah. nothing. There's just nothing. To... That, yeah, you can wear a hat. Uh, it, it's interesting. You forget so much about a season because it's a long season. That seemed like that happened years ago. Uh, <laughs> and and you look at some of the things. I mean, uh, Jordan McDonald's not even on the team anymore. Alec Holler, I think, has a PhD at this point. So you, you just think <laughs> about where we were in week one and where you are now and how much things can change. And who had uh, this national championship game of Michigan and Washington? Uh, Texas bounced out. Let's turn over to Jeff Allen. Uh, puts a wrap on uh, the Big 12 minute. The men's basketball conference schedule kicks off this week in non-conference play. 13 of the 14 teams above 500 still. Six teams still ranked in the top 25. Kansas leads the pack at number two, Houston on the heels at number three. Oklahoma checks in at number 11, Baylor's ranked 10th, BYU is 18th, and Texas at number 20. With UCF visiting Kansas State at 6 p.m. on ESPN2, the rest of the opening day on Saturday looks like this. West Virginia is at Houston, 2 o'clock on ESPN+. TCU squares off of Kansas, 2 o'clock on CBS. Oklahoma State entertains Baylor, 3 o'clock on ESPN+. Iowa State travels to Oklahoma, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. At 8 o'clock, Texas hosts Texas Tech on ESPN2. And a late-night action, BYU hosts Cincinnati, 10 o'clock on ESPN2. Of course, next week is another Big 12 first for the Knights as they host longtime national power Kansas at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Enjoy the start of what promises to be an action-packed conference season with the Big 12 Minutes. I'm Jeff Allen. Be honest. I'd even take Jeff's hair if, if we're being honest. He's doing Not something new swear. with it, though, by the way. He's doing something new with that hair. I don't, don't think I don't notice that, Jeff. I, new year, new you. I see you, Jeff. And you heard him mention it. UCF opens at Kansas State and then hosts Kansas. That game is already sold out. Men's basketball, 9-3 and three availability with Johnny Dawkins and some players on Thursday. A couple of interesting things. I asked Coach Dawkins uh, about injuries. He says none that he is aware of. Uh, you almost got to ask because they're certainly not going to tell you. And also interesting, they're going to fly charter 
uh, to Manhattan, Kansas, leaving on Friday for the game Saturday night in Manhattan. Uh, Coach Dawkins indicated that uh, he thought uh, most of them were charters this season. You would hope so with some of the obscure locations across the country that UCF will have to fly to. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from Coach Dawkins on his scouting report, what he sees from Kansas State. Kansas State's a very good basketball team, a uh, really good perimeter. You know, Carter, Perry, Kaluma, those guys are really good on the perimeter. Their bigs are very good as well. They're, they're active. They, they offensive rebound at a high level. So the thing that stands out is really strong perimeter play. I think they're a really good defensive team as well. And uh, and they play with good pace. You know, we have to make sure we, you know, can slow them down some. They play with a good pace as well, whether, you know, they make or miss, they're running the ball down the floor and they're looking to create. Going to be interesting. Let's get to know a little bit more about UCS first. Big 12 opponent, Kansas State, with Scott McFarland, host of the Bosco's Boys, part of the 1012 Network of Shows. Welcome back to Suns Live, Scott. Man, it feels good to be back. Uh, and they must have had something. They're like, all right, we're going to make these uh, UCF folks, they're going to start their Big 12 careers uh, on the road in Manhattan. So uh, I'm hoping it goes as well uh, in basketball for me as it did in, uh, in football. But I'll tell you what, it, I'm not feeling nearly as confident in this game as I was, uh, you know, what, back in November, October, whenever the, we got the schedule. Uh, vibes are not very high with K-State basketball right now. And before we get into that, I got to give you props on the recommendation of the Manhattan Brewing oh, Company. The, the I, well, I was going to solid. I was, was going to bring selection. that up because I got in a little late. I, I wanted to meet up with you. I wanted to meet up with some UCF folks. I got into town a little late. I was talking to the owners um, of Manhattan Brewing Company. They're they're a sponsor of mine, um, and they were like, "Man, we we've, we've never seen you know so many." I was like, "Well, you know, I'm going whether I should or shouldn't. I'm gonna take a little bit of credit for that going on Sons of UCF and telling folks to show up." But I think they said there was like probably like 20, 30 of you guys who rolled through that weekend, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we 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 don't see you know especially from that far away this many folks coming in as away fans." So. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, you know they're a sponsor of mine. If anyone ever comes to Manhattan, check out Manhattan Brewing Company right there on points. Um, you, you won't be sorry. And mentioned Bosco's place. Uh, yes, I, I name dropped like you, and yeah, they, they were great folks. All right, let's talk about this Kansas State team. Nine and three. How do you assess the non-conference portion of the schedule? An overlapping opponent, both UCF and Kansas State, lose to uh, Miami. Yeah, so um, w when you look at the two of the three losses, um, it's explainable. You know, uh, early on in the season, very first game, uh, USC in Las Vegas. Um, granted, you know they're they're not turning out to be quite what we thought we were, but uh, or what I thought they'd be. But you know, you're meshing in all sorts of pieces. Really, you only have one contributor back from last year's team, given some of the situations surrounding. Uh, how this uh, offseason season went. So that wasn't surprising. Uh, you wanted a little bit better showing against Nigel Pack. Again, he took the life wallet money and left uh, K-State to go down to Miami. Um, and, and he lit us up in the first half. That was demoralizing. You claw it back, make it look a little bit more respectable um, in that one. And then the loss versus Nebraska, folks, I, I mean, I, I went to a lot of bad basketball before Bob Huggins showed up. Um, I went to some bad basketball during times at the Bruce Weber era. I've never felt as low as I did hearing Go Big Red chants in Bramlage Coliseum. I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, 
KU, I've seen KU beat us in that building. Um, they don't get a rock chalk chant in. It was a demoralized building. There was no um, juice in the crowd. It was a sold out crowd. The team played with no emotion. It looked like they didn't want to be in there. It, it truly is the lowest moment for me in the Jerome Tang era. And, and quite frankly, the first half for Chicago State just earlier this week, um, it, 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 it almost rivaled it. And, and no, not a bird's nest, still some uh, mini <laughs> Christmas wreaths. Uh, two letters, two words. Um, definitely not a Jayhawks nest, but no, I, I was down. I was down very bad in that Nebraska game. And then midweek that, that first half for Chicago state, I mean, it was even worse. Um, so, so things are not going real well for K-State basketball right now. Scott, everyone loves Jerome Tang. He seems to be a a media darling, right? Give me your assessment of him as a coach though. I mean, he definitely wins the press conference, but how's he sort of, I guess, progressed or, or maybe had this program sort of decline in your view over the last couple of years? So, uh, you know, last year, I mean, it it was uh, miraculous. You know, now if you have two All-Americans, you know, both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson were third-team All-Americans. That's going to make things very easy. But if you go and look specifically at that home game versus Kansas, uh, where K-State wins in overtime, Bill Self had three different opportunities where he called a timeout, uh, had an inbounds play, and tried to win the game. That is something that Bill Self, uh, you know, and I live in Kansas City. I, I have to hear it on 810 and 610 radio every time they win a close game. No one's better than Bill Self in these late game moments coming out of timeout. K-State stopped them three times, and K-State was the team that draw, drawn up two plays at the end of the game to score uh, to beat KU. I think he is a great coach. I think he's a great recruiter. I think, I mean, he he got K-State students to uh, to stop chanting FKU uh, when we play KU. No one else in the world could have done that. Everything about him is great. I think he um, didn't, I, I don't think he managed the portal the best this offseason, which kind of is leaving K-State where it currently is. And then you have unforeseen circumstances with the Naquan Tomlin situation. Now he's at Memphis and Quez Glover, who they were depending on to be a veteran guard who's played, you know, in four different uh, for four seasons, uh, not playing season ending injury after he tried to come back uh, from a torn meniscus. Uh, So those were two unforeseen road bumps. And that's a lot of the reason why K-State kind of finds themselves in this situation. Well, K-State seems to be led by Cam Carter, Arthur Kamala. What kind of what kind of players are those two guys? How important are they to what Kansas State wants to do? Yeah, so Cam Carter is the only contributor back from last year's Elite Eight team. Um, I um, and, and if if two letters, two words is serious, I, I I will put I will put one of those on my head after I'm. He's done got a history that. of doing this. He, he, I okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. after <laughs> after I answer this, I I will do that, um, and, and have him slide into my DMs. I'll, I'll send him to a to a good charity. Um. So Cam Carter, the only contributor, and he wasn't great last year. He he was really needed for his defensive uh, measures. Um, if you look at some of the different mm-hmm. offensive efficiency stats, he was one of the worst starters in the Big 12 last year. But that isn't what he was asked to do. Uh, Jerome Tang said all offseason, I'm asking Cam Carter to be a scorer. That is his role on this team. Um, so that's what he's done. And, and he, he's been able to do it. He's one of the few guys who can make his own shot. Uh, he can hit it from the perimeter. If he's left open, he still plays great defense. Uh, and he's really taken a big step that 
uh, quite frankly, I didn't think was going to happen. Arthur Kaluma coming in from Creighton, he was uh, the wing. Again, we we redesigned the offense, a five-out offense that was really going to cater to him and Naquan Tomlin together. Um, and Kaluma, he can make his own bucket. He is deadly in transition. He has the nastiest Euro step who's going to make – you know, 60 year old white guys screaming travel every single time he does it. <laughs> like it, it is, it is disgusting what he's able to do uh, in, in transition and he can step out and hit the three as well. Uh, he isn't as aggressive as he needs to be. If K-State's going to improve, if K-State's going to get to the NCAA tournament, if K-State's going to finish middle of the pack in the big 12, he has to become far more aggressive uh, and uh, really take the games over because he's capable of doing it. That That's how K-State beat Villanova in overtime uh, during the Big East Challenge. Uh, Kaluma just took over the game in the first half and parts of the second, and then Tyler Perry made some clutch shots late. I'm going to grab the bird's nest real quick because I'm going to get that. By all means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll enjoy that. Do Talk, you have any music for that, Adam? Talk Is there we can play during this? <laughs> I mean, you want to? I can. I got. No, no, that, it, it was quick. It was quick. Okay. And Robert is good for this. There's a history. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, whatever credibility you had uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> no, hey, look, look, I, I, I ended, we, we, we did five shows a day starting, or a week, excuse me, starting back in August. And everyone in December, I ended it saying, hey, it's the season of giving. Please consider donating to a charity of your choice. Now, if there's a credible chance for me to get a hundred dollars to a charity of my choice, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do it. So Robert is a man of his word and uh, that <laughs> donation will be made to the charity. Thank you for playing along with us. Uh, Coach Dawkins and players during the Thursday media availability talking about how strong a rebounding team uh, Kansas State is. What are the strengths of this team? Why do you think that they can come out of uh, Saturday with a victory? So so the strengths are that they can get out and, and play in transition. And at times, they can be a great rebounding team. Um, versus Nebraska, it was disgusting. If you guys really – yeah, I don't care screenshots. I Brian, I don't have any – I don't care, man. My man. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, at times, they can get late. If they're not bought in – um, this game is going to be Great Plains SBCA. There's a charity for you. Um, if they're not bought in, if they're not bought in, they uh, they could get wiped out of, of the floor versus anyone. Versus anyone. They had to go to overtime with North Alabama, went down to the wire with Chicago State. So if they're not bought in, they're screwed. Now, if they play with emotion, if they play play with buy-in, if they can get the crowd going, it's a sold-out Saturday crowd in Bramlage Coliseum. Students won't be back, so it's going to be a bunch of random people in the student section. But if they get going, if they play with that emotion, they can get out and play in transition. They can attack the rim. And if you start doing that, maybe the light comes on for Tyler Perry. Again, one of the best shooters in the nation when he was at North Texas. We're just waiting for that to come back on. Um, but they have three of the top 20 scores in the Big 12. At times, they can play good defense. At times, they can rebound. If they're bought in, and all three of those guys, Kaluma, Perry, and Carter, uh, can score the ball, I mean, they're a team that can beat anyone. The, the, the downside is, is they have been so 
inconsistent, and that and that's what's killed this team. You mentioned uh, the home arena for Emelich Coliseum. How much of a home court advantage is this? How intimidating can this atmosphere be for this UCF team on Saturday? I, I wish the students were back. I, I wish the students were back um, because on a generic Saturday night with the students back, I truly believe, uh, and the fan base is bought in. Again, that was the problem in the Bruce Weber era. Um, it's not a pro- problem with the Drum Tang era. But on a Saturday uh, in Bramlage Coliseum with the students back, I truly believe it can be a top 20 atmosphere game in, game out. When KU comes to town, it is the single most violent, obscene, <laughs> and wild atmosphere in college basketball for one night a year. I don't think it will ever be able to be that nonstop. Um, I think that um, it will be loud, um, but again, it's not going to be the students. It's probably going to be worse uh, or a tougher crowd, a more hostile crowd than some of the places you went in the American. But again, it's not going to be uh, full blown, you know, craziness that it could be if this game was three weeks later. Scott, what I guess what is what is the bugaboo for for this team if they, if they're not playing well if they're struggling what, what what are they doing that that's butting them in the in the foot? Yeah, turnovers, lazy turnovers, um, lack of movement on offense, um, and and then lack of heart when it comes to rebounding. That that is where they have gotten in trouble versus some of these uh, bad teams. Again, we had to go to overtime. Uh, with two really, really bad teams. Um, but then at the same time, uh, I don't think LSU is going to set the world on fire, but we dominated that game wire to wire in Baton Rouge. So I think uh, if they're not bought in, if they don't have, I think it, I think with basketball, if you have the team, so much of it comes down to buy-in and emotion. We hear Jerome Tang talking about some of the players lacking maturity, uh, lacking the buy-in, all that type of stuff. Um it, it, it's frustrating for fans uh, because of that. That was like the one thing you could depend on last year. So um, th- that's, what's going to get them in trouble. And then at the same time, if they have it, uh, I, I think K-State can win any home game uh, as long as they're bought in. So I'm hoping we see a lot of that in big 12 play. All right. Well, give us a prediction. Give us uh, what you think is going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, I'm pessimistic. Um, I don't know what the line's going to come out to be, um, but I still think K-State finds a way to win. I think it's going to come down to a, to the wire. Um, and, and quite frankly, in, in Big 12 play, uh, anything can happen. And and whatever you guys think of you know UCF and uh, where you guys think you are, I think there's something in the water. Once you join Big 12 play, it doesn't matter if you end up 4-14. Four and 14, You're going to have... 12 games that are coming down to the wire. Even those really bad TCU teams, when they started, they got KU at home, you know, late in the game. So I think it's going to be 68, 65 K state. I think you're going to see Cam Carter, uh, Arthur Kluma, Tyler Perry, all scoring around 15 to 18 points. Not a lot from anyone else on the bench. And I think it's going to come down to either a defensive stop late for K state or a Tyler Perry three in the final 30 seconds that brings K state out on top. Are you happy with the way the football season ended here in Orlando with that Pop Tarts Bowl victory? Yes. If we're saying yes, if we are, if we are zeroing in and saying how the season ended and only saying the bowl game, yes, one hundred percent. Loved that. Wish I could have been down there. 
Um, but I, I, I will, I went to the game. It took me two hours to drive from Topeka where my parents are to Manhattan, a drive that usually takes me 30 minutes in that snowstorm for Iowa state. And I stayed through that entire game. Um, the entire season was tainted by that game. Um, but I'm just going to try to put that out of my memory and just think about the, you know, that nice evening in Orlando, uh, to, to have K state be NC state and everything I heard, you know, you see the banners up, you know, welcome to big 12 country, all that, you know, the red carpet being rolled out for K state by UCF fans. This is what the conference needs. You know, UCF, I mean, it's the embodiment of what I always wanted the big 12 to be. So, I heard only great things from K-State fans who were down there interacting with UCF folks. Um, I, I'm so happy you guys are in the conference, and I'm so happy K-State got that win down in Orlando, especially since, what, we won't be down there until 2028? I mean, that's the downside, <laughs> the stupid scheduling. But That's a topic for uh, another show. Did, did I hear you correctly in the beginning? You're doing a show a day, five days a week? Adam, yeah, well, so, come on, so, you got to step up here. So starting in August, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a five shows a week. So every weekday we started it uh, at the end of July with Blitz Month. And I was doing three or four previews with different K-State uh, media personalities, different K-State podcasts, all that type of stuff. And then I would have one show a, a, a weekday all the way, including holidays. Uh, I cut it back to three a week uh, during basketball season, two to three a week. And we're lucky K-State women's basketball. I, I, I mean, the, the, they are, they're, they're a nasty, nasty team with that defense and Aoka Lee. So I get to talk about K-State men's and women's basketball quite a bit in the winter and, you know, a new OC uh, transfer portal recruiting. I mean, it's never been a better time to be in the content creation game when it comes to college sports. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't think there's ever been a better time to talk about K-State athletics. So uh, it, it's a grind, um, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Well, we appreciate you carving out some time to talk with us on Sons of UCF Live. Uh, have a great 2024, continued success with the, the show, and uh, Robert will be in touch with you to make that donation. Yep, Great Plains SPCA. Uh, and hey, I, I would challenge anyone, look out for all those animal shelters down Florida or wherever you guys are listening uh, you know, especially, you know, six months from now, there's a lot of inconsiderate people who try to get a pet for Christmas and then return them or take them to a shelter. Uh, first off, never do that. But second off, make sure all those shelters locally are prepared for that and, and take care of them because they're taking care of uh, some really great animals out there. So uh, I would just say if you're in the giving spirit still in January, consider giving to a local animal shelter. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. Yep. Anytime, guys. Was that charge on? Is I think that, it was a charge was on. I cut him off. I feel bad. He's got a thing in his head, though. Is this oriented? <laughs> what do you want me to do, Trace? Only so much I can do here. I mentioned uh, that part of our conversation on media availability was with uh, Coach Dawkins, Shamari Allen, and, and Jalen Sellers. Uh, Shamari Allen was asked uh, about what the Big 12 was going to learn about UCF beginning Saturday. That each and every night we go hard, and we will surprise a lot of teams early, and then they'll have to put us on their radar. Hmm. Let us ask our expert on all things UCF basketball, Ben Hazel, former UCF development coach, back with us on Sons of UCF Live. Ben, happy new year to you and your family. Happy new year. Glad to be back. I'm not going to lie. 
you know, he got me a little juiced up. They sound a little scared over there. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, you, you see, you, this is an opportunity with Kansas looming. We won't jump ahead to Kansas, but this, this is an opportunity to steal one on the road to begin the season. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the more I look at it and the more I hear from the K-State side, it's looking like more, not as much of a steal. It's looking like something we could really just, if we impose our will, we could go take that thing with no problem. All right, so the Knights finished nine and three uh, in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Our guy Andrew Cherico with a, a new video out on Sons of UCF's YouTube channel: uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. How do you look at? Uh, well, what was your big good takeaway from the uh, the first twelve games? I just like where we're at right now, right? Like I really think we figured some things out defensively. I think we're still we we found some pieces as far as offensively, and I think we know what we need to do well in order to win games. I think that'll show up immediately on Saturday, but I do think we're in a little bit better position um, to kind of know who we are and know how we want to go about things. And we got all the pieces coming together at the right time. CJ Walker back, Antoine Jones contributing. So we're, we're trending in the right direction. Ben, obviously Jalen Sellers got off to a really hot start, kind of came back down the earth the last five, six games. What does he need to do or what does coach Dawkins need to do to get him going again? I don't think it's anything that Coach Dawkins can do per se. I mean, he's putting the ball in his hands. His shots just weren't necessarily falling. I think he just needs to settle into the new phase of the season where you're starting to see that scouting report be a little bit better and guys are really honing in on taking some things away from him. Uh, I really like what Darius has done as that's continued to unfold. He's been a little bit more aggressive and so has Chi-Chi. So I, I don't think it's anything that he necessarily needs to do. I think for him, it'll be a little bit more mental um, of just slowing things down, picking picking and choosing his spots because he's a really just a downhill guy all the time, uh, but really being a little bit smarter about where he can attack and where he can kind of set other guys up. Well, two things you mentioned in that answer. One, obviously, the, the real season starts on, on, on Saturday, but two, you mentioned a lot of names in there. Uh, the UCF's obviously got a lot of depth. Do you see Coach Dawkins changing the rotation, shortening sort of the, the rotation as, as you get into Big 12 play? Not much. I mean, there'll be, of course, as we get deeper and deeper, it'll be slightly tighter, um, but I don't see him changing much. One thing Coach Dawkins takes pride in is his depth. And with the way that we play and the way that we want to win, getting steals, pressuring guys from front to finish full court, you're going to have to have some depth in order to do that. The preseason projection had the Knights 14th out of 14. What have you seen that encourages you that they can exceed <laughs> that prediction? Our defense, that's really what it is. I mean, our ability to turn guys over and speed them up is something that we know just is really helpful uh, and, and really can be a catalyst for us finishing way better than 14th. All right, I might have exaggerated the way part, but we'll definitely be better than 14th. <laughs> 13th and 12th will be considered way better. We'll take that. <laughs> exactly. In this conference, it will be. But I, I think we can – as I've seen some of these other teams, we'll be right in the mix, man. Like, we'll have some games. These games will be close, and I think we'll be able to pull some of them out. I mean, just with how we go about it, how hard we play, I think some of those balls uh, will fall our way, and we'll we'll sneak a few, uh, just like Shamari said. What do you say to the critics who say, well, you know, it's not like UCF dominated the American, and this is such a monumental step up in competition. How could UCF possibly survive this slate? Well, what I would answer to that is, is, I mean, yes, of course, if you're looking at the top half of the Big 12, that might become an issue. But I mean, the bottom half of the Big 12 isn't like world beaters as far as you see your West Virginia's, your Oklahoma State's, 
your Texas Texas, they're not anything better than us. You know, like they, I don't know why they look at them and say, hey, they're just so much better because they've been in the Big 12. I mean, we fit right in and we'll be competitive just like they are. Ben, if you're Coach Dawkins, how do you use that as motivation, right? Trace mentioned everyone's picking UCF, what, 13th or 14th. Not a lot of people giving UCF a chance. How do you use that as motivation for this team as they start this conference schedule? It's that chip on your shoulder. I mean, it's that passion. It's that disrespect. I mean, every we're human at the end of the day. I mean, you know, you're transferring in whether you've been here or not. Basically, people are saying you and the collection of guys that think they're a lot better than what they're saying. They're telling you right to your face. They don't think they're that good. And Coach Dawkins says that in oh, has been saying it over the summer. Like, hey, they do not think you're that good. Like, it's time to show and prove. It's time to use that as motivation and really go at guys. Earn your respect. Well, we also forget. These, I mean, these are what eighteen to twenty-two year old kids, right? This, this is this is a fun game for them. How fun do you think it's going to be for some of these guys to get to some of these Big Twelve arenas and some of these crowds and and, and some of these atmospheres? How much fun do you think these guys are going to have? Oh, they're going to love it. I mean, it's what you asked for. I mean, even being in the American, a game that you'll remember is when we played at Auburn, like the crowd, how they interact, uh, them screaming at you. It's really hard to be sleepy, you know, have those letdown games where you're not playing with that energy. It comes with the territory. So they'll love it. And then the thing is, is just really settling into it and knowing that that's what's coming almost every single game uh, is really going to be the adjustment. But I think they'll they'll revel in it. I think we'll see probably one of the better games UCF has played this year. How would you evaluate what you've seen from Darius Johnson in these first 12 games? Oh, I would give him an A. I would give him an A. He's trending in the right direction. I, I, the number one thing that I wanted to see and am seeing is just really just his mind and really just being calm and disciplined on both ends of the of the court. He hasn't been in foul trouble. Um, he, of course, he could really turn, really bring down the turnover numbers, but he's had some games where he started to shoot it well. He looks really comfortable. And he looks like he's really settled into his role as a leader of the team. So on this week's Around the Kingdom, uh, Eric Lopez, Adam, and I, we each selected three games that we thought, these are the games that UCF could win. I want you to evaluate the selections, if okay. you want. My picks were West Virginia at home, West Virginia on the road, Cincinnati on the road. Uh, we also had uh, Eric Lopez with Cincinnati, Iowa State, and BYU, all home games. Okay. And Adam, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State at TCU. I like your picks, but I would also add Texas Tech in that in that mix of your picks with the West Virginians. But I would throw in Texas Tech uh, in there. So West Virginia. So of the three, you think I've got the best chance of picking up some wins in my? I do. I do. The BYU pick was pretty strong. Um, whoever put That's that bold in there. pick by Eric Lopez. Bold. That is that is very bold. But uh, I think you hit it on the head. Um, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and then I would put in Texas Tech. Um, those are some games that I now look at like we look good. I mean, he picked West Virginia twice, Ben. How hard was that? But all right, so obviously <laughs> That's, I got the first pick. That's fair. Look, obviously our, our first 12 games, we're, we weren't exactly playing Big 12 competition, but UCF held the opponent to 38% shooting. What do they need to do to carry that sort of defensive pressure into the Big 12? What do they need to continue if they want to hold teams or, or get close to holding teams to that clip as they enter conference play? It's literally learning from what happened against Ole Miss. The number one thing that these guys walked out away from that game was like we gave them too much respect early on. We didn't bring that pressure that we brought in the second half in the first half. They need to correct that. If they do that, they'll do exactly what they've been doing the entire season. 
Another interesting stat over the last three seasons, UCF didn't average more than 35 rebounds a game this year, already at 40 rebounds a game. What are they doing differently? And, and how, how big of a, a factor is it that the UCF is on the glass and is, is, is being more aggressive on the rebounding game? It's huge. I mean, that's the game changer. Like you can't really play good defense unless you're getting the rebound, right? Like if you're giving guys shots, but they're getting multiple attempts, you just won't be that good of a defensive team. So they pretty much go hand in hand. Um, and I think it really lends to us being great shot blockers, guys really playing hard when you, you really see us getting a groove when Darius and Shamari are in that tandem picking guys up full court. Uh, and it really lends to guys speeding up. And that's what Coach Dawkins talks a lot about, getting those guys to speed up to where they're uncomfortable. Uh, a Coach Norris saying pretty much what he screams. If you ever see him during the game screaming on defense, he's screaming heat. Heat these guys up, put the pressure on them, and it just makes people uncomfortable. Things that they're used to making, shots they're used to making, even when they're open, uh, having to move faster to get it off is is something that'll make anybody uncomfortable. With all due respect to to Mbake and, and to Michael Durham, seasons past, Ibrahima Dahala just seems like he is a different kind of player on the inside. What does he bring to UCF that maybe they've they've lacked over the last couple of seasons? I think he just brings a physicality, right? Like so, you had Mbake, uh, who was a big guy, but uh, Ibrahima is really just physically imposing. So, you know, he's blocking shots, but he's also kind of crashing into you on the offensive end. He's not moving too far outside of the paint. He's looking for contact around the rim and not really trying to do anything else. So I think that physicality uh, really complements well with the pressure that guys are putting on the ball. Now, off show, Adam, Eric, and I are going to do a game within a game where we each pick a player we think is going to be the top scorer. I have the first pick. Uh, Adam, can you mute yourself so Ben can give me some insight? And I can Rick, mute who myself. I can still hear you, though, by the way. <laughs> mute your ears. Ben, who would you pick Saturday, top scorer for the Knights? I mean, Jalen, is that the easy pick? Or and, and Ben, don't get influenced by the fact that Darius is watching the show and he says hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I was going to say I, I do think uh, I do think Darius will be the one to lead the Knights. Um, there's just a lot of emphasis on Jalen. And I think Darius just really has a lot of control and has been showing some poise, especially in transition. And I think that'll be where he really uh, uh, thrives. And, and with this turnover prone team, I think he'll be able to exploit some things, especially at the rim early on. Don't want to look ahead, but Wednesday, Kansas I can't at the wait. arena, students back, game sold out. <laughs> Tell me how much you're looking forward to that atmosphere. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Um, I, I've been telling my girlfriend about it uh, for weeks now. Like she's just never seen the arena in the way that I know it's going to be uh against kansas so i i mean i'm not even playing but like i've been in the house stretching like i'm just getting ready. Like, <laughs> i know the kansas fans are going to be in there and i'm ready to i'm ready to mix it up with them like let's go all right Good ben, are you super, are you superstitious ben do you have like a pregame ritual even though even though you're not coaching or you're on the floor anymore do you have like superstitions no superstition as a coach as a player the main thing was my shoes i was just a shoes guy like if these shoes didn't i didn't shoot it well in these shoes they were never to be worn again so i don't have any superstitions now but now i just want to you know make sure i bring my energy talk my noise um and just do my part in the crowd so that the guys know you know i'm right behind them <laughs> Good stuff, Ben. Appreciate you being with us. Looking forward to seeing you out at the arena and joining us again on Suns Live. Can't wait. It's the time is here. Go nice. Charge on, Ben. Thank you. All right. So, Adam, I'm going to make a selection. I'm not going to reveal it now, uh, you know, for top pick in the game within the game. But I only have so many pairs of shoes. <laughs> I abandoned my shoes. <laughs> if I'm wrong on this pick, he's, he's sort of swaying me with Darius. Uh, 
you know are you wearing shoes right now are you wearing shoes right now flip-flops Flip-flops. Okay, I was gonna say you I mean you're at home. You don't have to have shoes on your house, do you? Flip-flops. Flip-flops. Okay. All right. uh, so how are you feeling? You encouraged? You, you like the opportunity on the road at Kansas State because it doesn't get any easier. Kansas at home and then BYU. Uh, that's uh, that's two tough ones at home, but uh, opportunity to get one on the road. Yeah, I've said all season long, I think it's going to be a fun year. I'm, I'm really encouraged by how competitive the team has been early on, right? I think we've been in, in every game, obviously, that we, we lose a couple of close ones. But I think it's going to be fun, man. I think it's going to be, we're the underdog, like Ben said. It's kind of us against the world. No one expects anything. So I'm hoping we hang around in some of these games. And, you know, to, to what Ben said, you know, Kansas State dribbles the ball off their foot and all of a sudden somebody in UCF gets hot. And before you know it, it's you know two minutes to go and it's a tie ball game. That's going to be a lot of fun to, to be in some of these games. And I, I really am looking forward to kind of the juice and the energy. I mean, Ben hit the nail on the head. Like with all due respect to ECU, watching UCF at ECU sometimes, and you could count the people in the crowd during those games. It felt like, you know, you could probably take a nap at halftime. No one would notice. So I think the energy, I think all that stuff is going to be fun to watch and see UCF on these courts that we've probably watched for years against some of these schools. And you never know what will happen, man. Someone gets hot, a ball bounces off someone's knee, someone someone gets in foul trouble, games can turn quickly. So I'm walking in wise wide open, looking to have some fun, looking to enjoy the team, and really about the vibes. If we lose the game, as long as we're playing hard, playing well, I'm going to actually count that as a, a success this season. It's funny, right? We're talking about an opportunity to win at Kansas State, and none of the three of us on Around the Kingdom this week <laughs> picked Kansas State as a as a possible win. Well, if I had talked to Scott before that, I might I might have, <laughs> because now he sounds pretty pessimistic. Ben seems pretty optimistic. I, do we get do overs? Can I? No, we're not doing that. Okay, yeah, we're, we're probably talking. not going to get uh, okay. do overs. We will evaluate yeah. how we your, did. Your, uh, your rules, apparently, Trace. Yeah, yeah, rules. rules as go along. I told you I was jealous of Clay's hair. I'm also. Uh, jealous of uh, at emptiness on Twitter. Michael's there. He kicks off our next segment. This is Michael, otherwise known as emptiness on Twitter. You're watching the Sons of UCF. Let's go around the kingdom. <laughs> I would love that much hair. <laughs> there's things you can do. I mean, there's options. I, I don't know. I, there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be a crowdfunding thing see. for the option. Remember when I visited Monster the Barber? That was, a, that was an option. <laughs> I need to bring that picture back. I forgot all about that, that picture. That was good. That was good stuff. Uh, women's basketball uh, falls to 9-3, and 0-2. Oh, they uh, drop their Big 12 home opener, Oklahoma State 68, UCF 61. was back and forth, and then Oklahoma State went on a run at the end. Up next, uh, again, for the women, just like the men, doesn't get any easier Saturday against Kansas State. 2 o'clock, and then Wednesday at Cincinnati. Uh, women's tennis picked fourth by the Big 12 coaches. That is the highest-ranked uh, program of any UCF sport so far in preseason predictions. Men picked in a tie for sixth with Texas Tech uh, by the uh, Big 12 coaches. Mentioned a couple of times. You, with a couple of appearances on this week's Around the Kingdom, we found ways to work you into the show uh, several times. Uh, mixed it up. Uh, it was good to be back with Eric Lopez after a couple of weeks off. I was honored, but I don't appear in this clip, unfortunately. I would argue this will be the first time the fan base, for the most part, will be unified as far as the quarterback room since maybe McKenzie with maybe Dylan early on in the, you know, I, you, I'm telling you, and it seems like the players too are excited uh, based on some of the reaction. Can Eric, you help me settle all something? All over the hopium. 
Yeah, he was. Can you help me sell something, Trace? I, I realized that while we were recording the show, I didn't I didn't want to ask. Uh, and I can play that clip again. What are the chances that uh, that Eric Lopez is wearing this jersey backwards? I would argue this will be the first time the fan base, for the most part, will be unified as far Maybe it's hard. I don't know. That's not Maybe enough. I I was dying to find. I think he's in the chat. I didn't want to ask him, but I just did it live on the air anyway. So I guess <laughs> you, I could just, you could have just messaged him. I could have. Of- well, that's not that's not good content though. <laughs> uh, even though he continues to take shots at me on social media, it is that time again. Uh, you could be talking about pretty much anybody, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, at least it's. I, I think it's this guy. It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. Try out a new segment for a couple of weeks one time, and the guy never lets it go. We brought back this mailbag. It's here. Other shows stealing an idea we stole from other shows. <laughs> is, that, is that right? I don't, I'm, I'm not in the loop on this. All right. We got okay. some- <laughs> yeah. music? It's there. Uh, the aforementioned Michael at MTS4. Caleb Williams famously said, I don't believe in curses in a Dr. Pepper Fansville commercial this year. USC, though, went one in five after the commercial aired. Do you think he believes in curses now? And how funny is that? At You know, the one I like is when the guy's deciding between the quarterback and the can of Dr. Pepper and the guy gets, uh, you know, pulled into the transfer portal. That's the, that's the ad I really like. Two things. I don't think I've ever had a Dr. Pepper. And then secondly, no. no. Secondly, if you see the picture on Twitter of Caleb Williams in his Los Angeles penthouse view, you're not going to feel so bad for him after all. So I'll, I'll just I'll leave that there. No, he, he did. All right. Michael has a, a more serious question. What are you most excited about? Uh, the uh, KJ transfer, the RJ return, Javon and Kobe's return. And uh, why? Still doing Javon. Um I'm gonna go RJ. Well, Harvey. he's still he's still toying yeah, with uh, toying, with, the, yeah. with the fans. Um, I'm gonna go RJ Harvey because I know what he can produce. I, I've seen him on the field, uh, and so I'm gonna go RJ Harvey because I know how important he was to UCF. Again, KJ may be exciting, but we're we're not gonna know until we know. On paper, I'll go with uh, KJ. How about Zebel's UCF? Uh, oh, hold, on, Trey, hold on, real quick. I'm yeah. sorry, Trey. I yeah. hate to do this to you. You skipped a question on the rundown here. Did I? You did. Uh, uh, Hardos Ian wants to know. I moved it. I moved it. I moved. You it moved it. End. Okay. All right. Well, I, I told I gotta, you. I, I sent you attention. a message. I said I moved. I moved yeah. a question. That was to me. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get. You didn't say which question, but okay. Never mind. Sorry. What's that question. Move on. We can. We, can we, ask we should rehearse this. We should rehearse this. We rehearse. We rehearse very little. I'm getting shunned for my Dr Pepper takes. Wow. I mean, I didn't think that was controversial. Soda or you've never tried a Dr Pepper? Never tried a Dr Pepper. No. What does it taste like? Is it like a root beer? Is it like, what is it? No, no, I wouldn't describe it as a root beer. I don't know how to describe it. It's not my soda of choice, but. Someone give me a description of a Dr. Pepper and maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll try one on next week's show or something. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you could do that on the live show. You could, you could watch your facial expression. Okay. Try it with Dr. Okay. Uh, Zeebles UCF asked us a question a couple months ago and I thought it was too early. I said, we, we got to revisit this question. I, of course, long forgot that I said that. Zeebles did not, threw it back at us, asked us again. Obviously, the Big 12 is a better conference than the AAC, but from a purely fan viewer perspective, how are you feeling about the first year in the Big 12? So Zeebles lists pros, better competition, fans in stadiums, games on channels like Fox, cons, more losses, no rival, but also games on places like FS2. 
uh, stack it up side by side. How do you feel? I, you know, honestly, I think he nailed this list. This is honestly what I probably would have gone with. I think, um, you know, the competition obviously was better, although it didn't always turn out in our favor. Um, you know, I do think it was cool. I didn't get a chance to do any road games this year, Trace, but I know you were in a, pretty much all of the road stadiums, right? And got to see the atmosphere. I think a lot of people enjoyed those road trips. I think that was a, a, a nice thing. I don't know about one game on Fox as, as a win. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if, I, if I give that, but I, I definitely enjoyed seeing us in those stadiums. I think the cons are right on, though. Uh, FS2, uh, remote, uh, remote announcers. You know, I, I do think that was a bit of a, uh, a, a doldrum on, uh, on the season. Um, and certainly not having that rival, I think was, uh, was also a challenge too. So I think, I think Zeebel's nailed that list. I think the list is spot on. I think side by side, it's, uh, an upgrade being in the big 12 and some of these things will take care of themselves over time, such as a rival. Of course, with the way the schedule looks, it's all new schedule, right? You got a lot of Pac-12 uh, opponents on that schedule, so it's going to feel like a new league all right. over and, again. And next next year, yeah. it'll probably usurp this, right? Because you're going to get the Colorados coming to town, right? I think Utah is coming next year, right? So you're going to get a lot more competition in the bounce house. I keep getting a phone call every 14 minutes asking about my season tickets, right? So there's going to be uh, a lot of hype, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement for these games. So probably next year will usurp some of that. I'm Riley also hearing some people, by the way, who say that Dr. Pepper's terrible. So I don't know who that is. Uh, D-Deditz. No. Yeah, I got a dolly gave me a uh, Coke with a splash of Robitussin, which doesn't sound good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Wow. No, I wouldn't call it that. Uh, at wow. Riley Carey 16, how big of a home run is KJ Jefferson coming to Orlando and Kobe Hudson coming back? And I want to thank Riley Carey 16 for the nice shout out. Uh, praising the Sons of UCF for how much uh, he likes Great. the show. I think he, he called it the best live show he watches Thursdays at 8. <laughs> Man. That was a compliment. That's a tough call. I took it, I took it as a compliment. Uh, how about, yeah, about a home run? A home run. Uh, I mean, I think it's a solid triple right now, right? I think it's a solid triple. I, I don't know if we've rounded third yet and, and gotten home. Uh, I think Kobe's a really important piece. I think if, if Javon is indeed going to potentially not return to UCF, as rumors suggest, he can slot into that number one receiver and really kind of shine. I think he's got the skills for that too. But we need to see this offense clicking together. We need to see Gus's play call choices and, and how that looks. Uh, what is he going to do with a 6'3", 247-pound quarterback? Uh, so I think it's a solid triple, maybe rounding third, but I think right now the third base coach has the uh, stop sign up. At underscore all night underscore. Does KJ's transfer in suggest that we have a quarterback battle on our hands for the sixth year in a row, or is there no competition? I, I can't imagine. I'm just so interested in that answer from Gus, uh, that 20 seconds of not saying a whole lot. Uh, some have told me he's going to declare it over in spring. I don't think that he will be so I, I, I disagree, Trey. I, I think we do have a controversy as to who the backup's going to be. Is it going to be Dylan Risk, Kevin McClain, EJ Colson? I think that's your controversy. Who's QB2? At uh, Jim Suspendo, how do we get KJ Jefferson to wear number 10? Money talks. <laughs> well, here's talk. the thing. So he, he wore one at Arkansas. On the current UCF roster, one is is uh, on offense. One is being worn by one Javon Baker. So yeah. there, there's a path there, but maybe he wants a new uh, uh, a new experience. I kind of want the quarterback. To, I mean, we've seen number ten quarterbacks for a long time. Give me another number out there. Give me give, give me an eight. Give me a Dante number. I think eight's Ooh. available on offense. An eight. I think, eight, I think eight's available. At crash cart one, how does the quarterback room respond now? Do they welcome the player and help with the signals and the play calls and all the learning? Yeah. They'll, they'll be good competitors. They'll be good sportsmen. 
Yeah, like this is college. I mean, I think the teams are used to new guys coming in every every so often and um, and and playing. And and I, I I would certainly hope someone's not giving KJ Jefferson the wrong signal, so he throws the ball out of bounds to to get another player in there. At Scott eight eight five one three, do you think you have to make the playoffs with KJ Jefferson? I am not like Eric Lopez with the Hopium, and I know you and Mike haven't had opportunity to get together in the new year and talk, but uh, I know he'll pick twelve and zero. Again, I'm not quite so high. As I asked on Around the Kingdom, does he does he play linebacker? Have we solved that problem uh, yet? I, no. I can't prove he doesn't play linebacker. I, look, I think there's always a chance, right? There's always a chance that you know, run the table, you know, bounces come your way, strange things happen. Uh, I think there's always a chance. I, I don't know that I would bet any amount of money that means something significant to me that it would happen, but there's always a chance. So let's let's see how the rest of the team shakes out first before we go book and travel to wherever the hell the championship game is this year. Texas, right? Yeah, Golden Knight underscore the second. If you had to redo the first season in the Big 12 but still end at six and seven, what outcomes would you change? See, that's interesting because you want to give them Baylor and you want to give them Oklahoma, but then you got to find two places to give them a loss. You wouldn't want to give them Houston. You wouldn't want to give them Cincinnati as a loss, uh, right? Are you going to give them Kent State? Well, how, how what would this fan base have been like if they'd lost to Kent State? Would anybody have been happy about that? Or Villanova? Eh, it is what it is. You can't. Uh, I like the question; it's provocative. But what what games would you would you reverse? I mean, you can see ones you want them to have, but which would you take the wins away from? I mean, I. <laughs> I'd swap an Oklahoma for a Houston, maybe. That's about only because Oklahoma is Dylan Gabriel, right? National brand, blah blah blah. But that means you're going to have to put a stinker out there someplace. Cincinnati, I don't. I wouldn't want to do Houston either. Now they said it out loud because they're going to be annoying about we're space you. You can't beat us. Um, yeah. And I don't want to give up any of the three non-conference. Maybe Boise. I don't know. Boise ended up winning a bowl game. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's the only game that I'd say, man, that that'd have been a nice little hang the banner kind of game. Oklahoma for Boise. About that one at Clay oh, underscore oh, Pasco. And now that uh, we have a pretty good understanding of our 2024 offense, what games seem threatening and what games seem less threatening to UCF's season? I mean, what 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 we've seen last year, they're all a threat, right? Like I think outside of uh, you know, I feel a little non- bit better about the Florida game because yeah. KJ Jefferson has beaten uh, the Gators, so there's that. Yeah, I, I think they're they're all going to be tough games. I don't. I mean, we're, we have to see what these teams shake up. Like I know we're playing Colorado. Their their roster is going to look different from what it looks like now, anyway. So maybe a little too early to tell. I think that I don't see outside of like who do we open against, like Sam Houston State or something. Outside of that, I don't. I'm not necessarily thinking that all these are going to be cakewalks. Brian W. Peterson, anyone changing their tune with regard to the 24 season now that KJ Jefferson is committed to play? Too early to tell. Brian asks. Uh, it's an interesting floor ceiling question. So six and six in a bowl to me is going to be the standard minimum standard every year. That's there's nothing below that that would ever be acceptable. But we've seen from a record standpoint a decline year over year with Gus, right? And then two straight bowl losses under Gus. So I don't think the fan base is going to be happy with six and six. 
Yeah, six and six is can't cannot happen next year, right? Because we're going to say we got a unit or a belt. We returned uh, a lot of the offense. You know, we brought in a, a new quarterback who's got experience. This is going to remind me, although it's a tough comparison. I know that people don't like comparing basketball to football, but you remember the year that we brought back what eight ninety eight percent of our scoring on the basketball team, and we all thought we were going to be great, and we ended up being terrible. Kind of gives me those same vibes where we're going to say, hey, we got everybody back. We know what they can do, and we upgraded. Like, there's no chance that we go six and six. So, I think six and is going to bring out the pitchforks for the UCF fans. Matt Knight Reaper, defense on my mind, as good as KJ in Arkansas. Had, he had a losing season with a bit better defense than UCF. What a coach is doing about the defensive needs at Grill in 24Q. No excuses for Gus in 2024. Can we all agree on that at least? Still need a defense. And, uh, you know, we talked about a variation of this in Around the Kingdom this week where do you consider Gus in year two because of the change in leagues or is this Gus's fourth year? Uh, helming this program uh it's four for me uh because he knew we were going to the big 12 he had plenty of opportunity to beef up this roster and do some things to get us ready uh for year one including maybe figuring quarterback stuff out but uh that notwithstanding i i think ucf's obviously targeting defense there's a ton of rumors of guys that are in on the linebacker position uh two of the three guys trace mentioned off the top from cincinnati play defense so certainly you can see that they are um uh that they are probably trying to beef up that defense, but do they have the ability to do so, a.k.a. the funds to do so, I think is going to be interesting. And we have solved a mystery, Trace. I don't know if he's kidding or not, but... <laughs> That's a great answer. Eli. I'm not sure if he's if he's lying or not, but I'm taking this as a yes. That's a good spot by you. I, I was not paying attention to Elo's yeah, wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> I say. Well, you guys talk. I got nothing to do but look at you two for, for 26 Hey, you were on the show like three different segments. You, you did pretty good. Uh, uh, I'm I'm consistent. I wear the same uniform week to week. You really week. do. Uh, yeah, you really yeah do. I, I just keep that simple. Shirt for around the kingdom, a different shirt before Sons of UCF Live. I need, I need to send you more shirts, I think, at some point. <laughs> uh, and then we'll end with what? You thought we were going to begin with I that hard to see. And who of the Suns has already broken their New Year's resolution? And what was it? I, I don't do resolutions. I just try to live my life um, to the best I can every day and not set those sorts of goals. There's nothing you want to do better or more of or something you want to. I, you know. There's all sorts of things I want to do better and more of, but I don't uh, use the changing of the calendar in a new year to signify that. Uh, I have an ongoing process. I have not broken any wreck, any, any resolution yet uh, because it's, I can't break it yet. I set a goal this year to run 350 miles. I was going to do one mile a day, but I gave myself some, some leeway for injury or illness or work travel. So I gave myself a 15 day leeway. So 350 miles in the next 365 days is my goal. What are we on day? Whatever. Uh, what, already, how much are you in through four days? I'm in four miles in after after four days so far. So I've kept up a mile a day uh, pace. At some point, I'm sure I'll ramp up and do more. But that's the goal for right now. So check back December 31st, Ian Hardos, and I will tell you how we're doing. Yeah, I'd hate to see you get to December and need like 109 miles to go. <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk about it. So let's just pretend it <laughs> No, we're going to bring it up. <laughs> okay, that's fair. If you're drinking too many Dr. Peppers <laughs> next week, let's use the I'm not looking. I'll, I'll do it if you guys want me to. I will do a Dr. Pepper next week. I'm not looking forward to it based on some of the uh, some of the recommendations we got here. There's some bias there. I would have liked to have seen if you had had a sip, whether you would have used the word Robitussin right after drinking it. It's still available to me. Uh, I want to thank uh, 
the Bosco's boys, uh, for being part of our show, as well, Ben Hazel, uh, we've got a cast of characters, and we thank you for, for joining us. Looking forward to some basketball, men's basketball at Kansas State Saturday, then they welcome in Kansas. We'll be talking about both of those throughout the week on Sons of UCF. Be sure to check out Andrew Cherico's work. New video up on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. And DM me or the Sons of UCF for those uh, Hula Bowl tickets. I'll post that online as well. For Adam, I'm Trace. Go Knights! Charge on. Actually, really quickly. Hold on a second. I know what this means. Patrick wants a challenge. I mean, I don't know what cheer wine is. But, uh, I've heard of cheer wine, but I've never had cheer wine. Are we doing taste testing? <laughs> Look, the summer months get really tough, Patrick. This, you could be on this something here. We could do sun's taste testing coming soon. So everyone stand by. But everybody have a great evening. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Thanks for watching the Sons of UCF Live. Go Knights! Love what a perfect way to end the Love show. Thank you, Jan and Britt. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.